I'm so honored that you're here. We are, uh, a few weeks ago we started this series that's going to last all summer long called Best Summer Ever. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the best summer ever. Anybody in the room ready for that? Come on, make some noise. Yeah. I want the best summer ever, and it's going to be an amazing summer. I know it is, and, and we kicked it off with Pastor Nick Dalton from Jefferson Church that was here, and so all summer long, we're going to have some great messages. We're going to have friends of the house in, in here speaking to us some, some different things. Next week will be a great time as life groups kick off for the summer, and we'll have some treats and special things for you there, and it's just going to be a great time, but today I want to continue a, a discussion that I started last Sunday where we started talking about mental health, and we started talking about depression and anxiety and being overwhelmed and stress and all those things, and here's what happens every time I, I mention that. I, I felt it just now. I've been kind of gauging it all three services, but every time the word depression or anxiety or stress happens, it's like all the energy leaves the room. Everybody's just like, oh, I'm supposed to feel that way. No, we can have upbeat, healthy conversations about things like that so that we can be healthy in this world. Because the truth of the matter is, uh, being overwhelmed, uh, having stress, having anxiety, all that stuff, guess what? It's going to happen. We're all going to deal with that. In fact, this this statistic actually kind of blew me away. It, It is reported that uh, uh, at least 40 million people a year are affected by anxiety and, str- and depression alone. 40 million people, 18 and older, a year. That is crazy. And the reality is they're anticipating that number to skyrocket and to, to rise up uh, on the heels of COVID-19. And so I can't even imagine that number getting any higher. So I think it's time for us to have a conversation about what that looks like. And last week we talked about the, uh, a, a, a combatant to that and how we, you know, God ordained rest and God gave us rest to help keep us healthy. And today I want to talk about this. You can, as you take your notes, I want you to write this down. It's just this one word. It's foundations. Foundations. That's it. Foundations. We're going to talk about that for a while today. As, as I was doing some research um, in this and I was reading some psychology uh, uh, articles and things like that, I like this definition of anxiety and, and stress, right? Anybody in the room ever felt overwhelmed? Anybody like overwhelmed at all? Okay. If you haven't, just go get around kids. Just go get around them, all right? Just anywhere around them. It's fine. Within 10 feet, you're good. Um, no, um, we all feel overwhelmed. Do you know why we feel overwhelmed? Simply because it's life. Life happens, and you get overwhelmed sometimes, you know, like, especially when you grow up. I didn't realize this until I grew up, and I got a big boy job. I got a real job, and I had to rent my own house, my own apartment. I had to make my own money. I had to buy my own Hot Pockets, you know what I'm saying? Like, you get overwhelmed. You got deadlines. You got bills. You got family. You got this. You got that. Like, there's always something... Being overwhelmed is not a problem. Can I just tell you? Being overwhelmed is normal. Being overwhelmed is life. Being overwhelmed means you got to sometimes just stand up and get through it. But here's what happens. Like, we get overwhelmed, right? And then we start dealing with stress as we're too overwhelmed, as we carry it too long, or we carry it too much, or we put too much weight on it, and stress begins to take place. But stress is not anxiety, Stress is not anxiety. Stress is our reaction. It's how we react to a threat. So we start to stress whenever we have a threat of missing a deadline because there's a threat of missing a job. You know what I'm saying? Like losing a job. There's a threat there. Stress is what happens to our mind and our body and how we react when things get 
threatening. Anxiety or depression, uh, no, I'm sorry, anxiety is our body's reaction to stress. So anxiety happens whenever we start freaking out about what may happen. And anxiety takes an assumption and it makes an assumption a reality. Something that hasn't even happened yet and you start freaking out about it. And you get anxious about it. And you get in the world of what if, but it could, but the, and anxiety begins to take place. So it's a step-by-step process. You go from overwhelmed to stress to anxiety. Did you know, this is crazy to me, this is crazy to me. Did you know that anxiety disorders, like we just, we just, not stress, anxiety disorders affect 25% of children between the ages of 13 and 18. 25, a quarter of kids between 13 and 18 have a diagnosed anxiety disorder, which means, watch this, somewhere along the line, we have not taught how to properly handle being overwhelmed and feeling stressed. And we're going to get to that place. Like, we're going to get overwhelmed. We're going to get stressed. Let's don't create a, a, a world that is not real to where we feel like we never feel stressed. We never feel overwhelmed. Everything is always rainbows and roses with Barry Manilow playing in the background. Let's not create that because it's not real. It's, it's a fairy tale. It doesn't happen. And here's what I know. In every service... Uh, we've already had two amazing experiences, and you're a part of the third, and, 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 and we're so grateful you're here. But here's what happens. I know there's three types of people in the room. The first one is there's some people in the room that legitimately need professional help. You need a counselor, or you need medicine, or something like that. And I just want to speak to that, and I just want to say, go get your professional help. Go talk to your doctor, go talk to your therapist, go talk to a counselor. It's okay. I'm not that guy that stands up here, and I don't believe this is true, to where God only heals through miraculous events. I think God gives people wisdom to help you through things, right? God gave scientists the wisdom to create a computer that could be implanted in your chest to keep your heart beating, and that's why your pastor is standing on the stage today. That's it. It's not always a miraculous event, but sometimes it's through people, which is also why we need our life groups, which is why we need to get around people that love us, right? And so there's some of you that you've been waiting on somebody to tell you, hey, I'm just telling you, it's okay. Let's go back to last week. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. Like, let's get better. Go get the help you need for this season, and let's keep moving forward. Let's keep getting better. And then there's some people in the room that I'm just going to tell you because nobody else will tell you. And it's this. You need to put your big boy pants on. You need, to, you need to bow your chest out. And you need to move on with life. Because you're freaking out over something that is just life. Things happen. It's hard. It's difficult. I understand that. You need to process it. You need to think through it. You need to work through it. But I just need to tell you, because nobody else will, at some point you got to stand up and you got to walk through life and you got to move forward. Because at some point, being stuck is your decision. Okay, it got quiet. That means I'm hitting something, right? At some point, for me, being stuck is my decision. When I had heart problems, at some point, I had to decide I was moving on with my life and I was going to live a normal life. Or I could just lay into bed and be like, oh, woe is me. No, it's time to get up. Life happens. It hurts. It's painful. It's frustrating. If you get to the point where you need professional help, go get it. But some of us just need to get up and go. Are you with me? And then there's some people, the third group of people are the people that go, I'm not really dealing with any of that. Like, I'm good. 
I just want to build a life to where I don't deal with that so much. Like I know how to handle the difficulty. I know how to handle the stress and the overwhelmed feeling. I don't want to get to the anxiety and the depression. And for you today, I tell you, you can get something out of this series of conversations just as much as anybody else. Because the truth of the matter is, it's time for us to learn how to build foundations. But nothing solid, we cannot build a solid life without a solid foundation. You'll never have a solid life without a solid foundation. It's not going to happen. It, it's impossible to do. And it's, it's watch this. I referenced the scripture last week, right? Luke chapter 12. And I talk, and Jesus is teaching, and he's talking to these people that are anxious, and these people that are freaking out about where their next meal is going to come from, right? And where their next uh, clothes are going to come from, and where this is going to, like all these things that seem on the surface, we read it and go, yeah, that's, that's legitimately something to worry about, right? And Jesus is talking to him, and he looks at him, and he goes, guys, this is my words, but he basically goes, guys, I've taken care of the lilies of the field. I've dressed the field. I've dressed the lilies. I've taken care of the sparrows of the sky, and you're more important to me than any of that. And he goes, how much better will I take care of my kids than those things? And then he follows it with this statement. He says, and will worrying add an hour to your life? In other words, stop worrying. Don't worry about it. I got it. And then he makes this statement at the end of that series of scripture. At the end of those verses, he makes this statement. Jesus says this. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. I think it's really interesting that Jesus is teaching us, and he's going, hey, quit freaking out. Quit getting anxious about something. I got you. I'll take care of it. You're my kid. And then he goes, seek first the kingdom. So here's what he's essentially saying. You're seeking where your clothes are going to come from first. You're seeking a promotion. You're seeking a job. You're seeking approval. You're seeking social media. You're see he goes, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first God himself before anything else. When you wake up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, before you do anything, seek first. Ask yourself, how would God have me do this? What would please God? What seek first the kingdom of God. And then he goes, and if you seek the kingdom first, if that's the first thing, if that's the foundation, if that's the main building block, then I'll add all these other things. The things you're freaking out about, I'll take care of that for you. But seek me first, and all that other stuff will be like a cherry on top. Is this helping anybody? Are you alive today? Are we good? And so he says, seek first the kingdom, and I've got everything else. And I think that's where we miss it sometimes, right? I know for me, that's where I miss it sometimes. Am I really seeking God first in my marriage? Am I really seeking God first in my parenting? Am I really seeking God first in my church? Am I really seeking God first in this? Because that determines the foundation. The foundation is way, way too important. And so I want to read Matthew chapter 7. To where he doesn't just say, seek first the kingdom. I got my big Bible today. This is my pre I'm preacher Brandon today. You know what I'm saying? This is my big Bible. I need, I need the handheld mic with the big colored foam thing. Anybody remember those? The foam, the colored foam? That's when you knew you was having revival in church, praise God. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I want to read Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27 uh, to you today because Jesus continues his conversation um, about a foundation and he actually lays it out pretty colorfully. He lays it out pretty illustrated for us, so it's easy, hard, to, hard to miss. He says this. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and what? Acts on them. Can, can we just stop right there for a second? Last week, one of the points to the whole message was this. Listen, don't just hear. 
Because there's a difference in listening and hearing, right? When you hear something, you hear it, but you don't do it. When you listen, you hear it, and you do it. You act on it. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's making it very plain so that anybody that reads it in 2021 or anybody that heard him live in that moment could hear it, read it, and know what was going on. He said this. He said, if you listen to me, if you act on what I'm telling you, if you put it to action, if you put um, my words to, to fruition in your life, this is what will happen. He says, everyone who hears um, my words and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. But then everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them, so he's going, for everybody that listens to me, you'll build your house on a rock. For everyone that just hears me, but wants to ignore it until it's convenient, this is what happens. He says, um, we'll be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew, and they slammed against that house, and it fell, and it was, and great was its fall. And great was its fall. What I don't want to happen is I don't want you to fall. I want us to get to a place where as believers. So we're going back to basics today. We're going to the ABCs and one, two, threes. Because the truth of the matter is, if we don't as followers of Jesus, and maybe you're in here, or maybe you're watching, and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, you haven't given your life to Jesus, I believe you're going to have an opportunity to do that at the end of today's service, and people are going to do that. But here's the reality. If we want to be followers of Jesus, and we want everything he has for us, we have to learn this. We have to learn to build our house on the rock. That's the basics of it all. Everything We can build the most robust prayer room and closet in our lives, and we can do all the great things. We can, we can never we can get perfect attendance in church. But if our rock, if our house isn't built on the rock, none of that stuff matters. Are you with me? It's got to be built. It's a foundation that matters. And here's what I know. I know that some of you, before you went and bought a house or you rented a house, you drove around the neighborhood, right? And you looked at every house. And I know that you never got out of your, your car and walked down and was like, babe, look at the foundation on that one. Oh, my gosh. Do you see the foundation on that house? My wife and I, for our anniversary trip, we took a waterfall tour of Lake Jocassi. It was beautiful. It was amazing. We got, there's like 32 houses on the lake. That's it. And one of them is like a $10 million house. The, the driveway itself is over a million dollars uh, because it's in the middle of nowhere. So I can't imagine why. And, and all this stuff, right? It was beautiful. And we're driving. We're riding on this pontoon boat. We weren't driving because I drive it like a madman. But we're riding on the pontoon boat. And we get up to this house. And I looked at her. And I said, Megan, do you see that? She was like, what? And I was like, the foundation. Do you see the foundation on that house? No, I didn't say that. You wouldn't have said that. Nobody on the boat said that. If I'd have said that, they'd have been like, you are weird. You can't even see the foundation. What we saw was the beautiful stone siding and the porches and the infinity, infinity pool that was there and all this beautiful stuff, like the million-dollar driveway. I want to see what a million-dollar driveway looked like. I'll probably never see one in my life, and that's okay. Like all this stuff. Nobody pays attention to the foundation. Why? Because you can't see it. It's not beautiful. What do we pay attention to? The walls and the siding and the windows and all this stuff. But watch this. None of that matters if the foundation's messed up. 
None of that matters if the foundation's bad. None of that matters if the foundation isn't strong. In fact, they tell you, look out for a weak foundation, and here's how you do it. Look for stair-step cracks in the walls. Look for door jams that won't close all the way. Look for um, 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 door frames that are leaning just a bit. Do all that stuff like there's the, because there's symptoms. There's symptoms of a bad, a bad foundation. So I just want to ask you, what are your symptoms? What is a bad symptom? What is a symptom of a bad foundation? What is a symptom of a good foundation? Some, here's some symptoms to look out for. Like, ask yourself, when's the last time I read the Bible? Well, it was a week ago. Well, there's a symptom. When's the last time I prayed and it wasn't a laundry list of, God, I'm going to put a prayer in, turn the gumball machine, and get an answer out? When's the last time I prayed and just spent time with God? Here's a symptom. When's the last time that I worshipped, instead of watching Radiate Worship, I engaged? Because worship is participatory, not spectatorship. Because my foundation matters. What, those are all symptoms. How do I, here's some questions. How do I treat people that I disagree with? Did you know that the Bible teaches us that what good is it to, love, to just agree with people, to, to love people that you agree with? It says, what good is it to love people that you agree with because that's easy to love? It says real love is tested by those you disagree with. The Bible says that. There's a symptom. How do we treat people that voted different than us? There's a, there's a symptom. When's the last time I invited somebody to church to experience the love of God for themselves? There's a symptom. When's the last time I prayed for my enemy? It's a symptom. All these things. When's the last time I read the Bible and went, this is going to challenge everything that I've ever done in my life, but I know i got to do it because the Bible tells me to and God's telling me to. There's a symptom. You get what I'm saying? Like The, the foundation matters, and here's the problem. If we don't pay attention to the symptoms, we'll never know to fix the root. We can ignore symptoms all day long. But I want to tell you, don't treat the symptom. Don't go, well, I just need to worship more. No, you have a symptom somewhere or a foundation issue somewhere that somewhere it is not founded on God. That rock is not there like we thought it was. And I go through these. I go through these moments where I see symptoms and I'm like, oh, man, that's not good. And you're a pastor. You're a little meaner to your wife than you should have been. You're a pastor. You probably should be more patient with your kids. You probably should this. You probably Because we all are in a growth moment. This world is nothing but growth. Let me give you this thought. It's not going to blow you away. It's not going to, like, you're not going to go, oh. But let me give you this thought today. It's this. Your foundation determines how strong you're going to be. Your foundation determines how strong you're going to be. Nothing else. Your foundation. Because your foundation, your foundation determines your convictions. Your foundation determines what offends you and what doesn't. Your foundation even determines how often you're offended. Your foundation determines how you love people. Your foundation determines how and when I tithe. My foundation determines how and when I worship. My foundation determines how and a father and how I, I'm a husband. My foundation determines all of that stuff. And if my foundation isn't strong, then all these things will move and shift depending on how I feel in the moment. 
Because foundation determines everything. I want to show it to you like this. We got any game freaks, like people that just love playing games in the house, like Jenga, any games like that? I say it like I say this: if you want to, if you want to test how strong your marriage is, go play games together. I'm just telling you, man. Like, get another couple over, and y'all whip out catchphrase. And play on opposite. My wife and I did that. Intense marriage counseling for like six months afterwards. She hurled things at my head that I didn't even know were in the house. That's not true. She, I can say it though because I'm. She's not in here right now. No, we. I, I love doing this. But Jenga is that game. You know, you pull blocks out and all this stuff. But this. Look at this one. This one's beautiful. This one's in the package. This one's perfect. This one is set up exactly like it's supposed to be set up. It's stacked to the right height. It's the right width. It's, it's ready to go. Still in the package. It's still even got the little seal right there on the top. Like it's perfect. Think about this. This is your life when God created you. This is how he intended for all of us to live and look, right? This is what he wanted us all to be. This is the package. It's still there. And then we come out of the package. We're in life. And what begins to happen? Life begins to happen, doesn't it? We lose, we lose people in our lives. Friends walk away. We, we start, things start going in ways. I can't find any loose. Oh, boy. Oh, there's one. We lose loved ones. People start walking away. This person didn't even friend me on Facebook. And they're my friend. We're not Facebook friends. It's not Facebook official. This takes place. That takes place, and it hurts, and it's painful, and it's difficult, and it's frustrating, and it's so hard. And so time after time, we lose, like, there's things that happen, and they're just hits in our life. And then what happens, I've seen it over and over, guys, is we start pulling from the foundation. Well, if this happened, then obviously God's not real, so my foundation of faith is gone. And if this happened, then obviously my commitment goes, serving goes. You know, it's interesting. It didn't fall and become a a pile of rubble until I pulled from what? The foundation. Everything rises and falls on foundation. Foundation is the beginning and foundation is the end. And if I start questioning, if my foundation isn't strong, and I start pulling from the foundation, my life ends up like this, and then I go, God, why'd you let that happen? And God's going, I did it. It's not that I let that happen. It's not that I made that happen. It's that I wanted your foundation. Your foundation needs to be so strong that, guys, hear me today. Winds are going to come. Rains are going to come. Storms are going to happen. Difficulty is going to take place. Don't let anybody tell you that it should be any different because that's a lie and that's not the gospel. The gospel is is that when difficulty comes, we can still hang strong because we have a foundation in Jesus Christ. That's it. And, and, And many of us, I see it all the time. And our foundation determines how strong we are when things happen. And I can promise you, I can make you a promise today, that if I build my foundation, if I build my house on the wrong foundation, as soon as a difficulty comes, watch this, my house will fall. And it will hurt. And it will be painful. And not that it should hurt, and it shouldn't hurt, and shouldn't be painful, but it will fall, and it will be a rubble, and I will have to rebuild. Because I built on the wrong things. Been there, done that in my life. And many of you can probably say, I have to. 
We've got to build on the right foundation. So there's two foundations that are actually talked about in Matthew chapter 7. The first one is, it's a sandy foundation. It's this foundation that says you build on the sand. And, and, and when you build on the sand, it says the rains came and the winds came. And eventually what? Our, our life began to look like this. And it's hard to believe that God wants this for our life when this is what we're experiencing, isn't it? It's hard to look at this and go, oh, I can be like this. We won't get like this till we're in eternity with him. But our today, our life today, watch this. I, I just feel like I need to go here again. Watch this. The Bible says that there's beauty from ashes. Beauty from ashes. You know what ashes come from? Burning. You know what burning does? It burns impurities and takes everything back down to its simplest form. Dust. There's beauty from ashes. And some of us want the beauty, but we don't want to go through the burn. And when I won't go through the burn, I can't ask God for the beauty. I can't, it's hard for us, and I know it's difficult, I get it. It's hard for us to go, you know what, God, I trust you with this. I trust that this is what you want my eternal life to look like. I trust that I'm going to be like this in heaven. I trust that all these things are going to be okay. But God, it's hard right now, and that's all right to say. But I'm here to tell you something. I got to go through the burn to get the beauty. I got to go through the breakdown to get the beauty sometimes. And that's okay. It doesn't mean God hates me. It doesn't mean God's mad at me but it may draw me closer. And my foundation is getting stronger. And he says, if you build on a sandy foundation, when those rains come and those winds come and, and all it takes is the blowing and all it takes is all the, you'll fall. I, I enjoy playing golf. We got any golf fans in the room today? All right, we got some, some golf fans online, hopefully. But I, I'm, I like to play. I'm not good at it. I don't even claim to be good at it. I try to dress the part more than play the part. You know what I'm saying? Like, look good, feel good, feel good, play good. Except I never get to the play good part. And I'm rarely at the, at the look good part. And so I'm out there, and I love to play. And this past week, I went and played with some buddies of mine. And it was a group of about 15 pastors out there. And, and, and they cheat anyway. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. And we were out there playing, and we had teams, and we were playing captain's choice, which means you play the best ball, and you drop your ball next to theirs and go, and it just makes the game play a little faster. And we go, and we needed this birdie, right? Because I knew that we were close, but I didn't think we were quite there. We needed this birdie. So there's about a 20-foot putt to get this birdie. And to me, uh, part of golf, man, there's nothing more beautiful than watching a golf ball just roll to the hole and turn and make the break like the green does and then just roll out and slow down and get to the hole and fall in the hole. I, I just think it's beautiful. I, I love it. I know y'all are like, you're really weird and spend a lot of time on golf. But so we get there and about a 20-foot putt and he lines up and he's there and, you know, he's keeping his hands at the V and he's doing this number. He's got all the motion and he comes back and he hits it. And, y'all, this thing is perfect. I mean, great pace online. I'm watching it go and it's bending towards the hole and we're getting excited. We're like, oh, my God, here we go. It's a 20-foot putt. We're going to make the birdie. And I was like, we got about two or three more rolls and it's going to get in there and it's going to be good. And, y'all, that thing stopped on the edge. It just stopped. Like there's the cup and there's the edge and the ball's just sitting there. And it's like half the ball is in the hole and half is out. And we were like, no! And I looked at him and I said, go blow on the ball! And he looked at me like, what? I was like, go get, go lay on the ground and blow on that ball! It's like all it will take is just a little bit of wind. It'll push it over into the cup. It'll knock it over the edge. I'm not above it. I don't care. It would have been a 
probably an eagle in my book. And for some of us, we're at that point. We're right on the edge, and the enemy just looks at his, his cohorts and goes, hey, just go blow on them. Just go blow on them. Because all you got to do is intimidate them just a little bit. Just get them a little mad. Just get them a little more frustrated. Just get them a little more anxious. Just, that's all you got to do, and they're going to go over the edge. That's all it's going to take. And then their life will look like that because their foundation isn't strong. Just go blow on them. And I want you to build a foundation. And God wants us to build a foundation that doesn't, we can't be blown on and fall over. The enemy can't intimidate us to fall apart. But we're strong. And that's where the second part of the foundation comes from. He says the rock. He says the rock. You build on the rock. And when the winds come and the rains come and the storms come, you don't have to go through all of this. And it may be hard and there may be a few pieces missing, but you're going to stand tall. And you're going to make it and you're going to get there to this point at the end of it all. I wanted to really illustrate this in a better way, and I couldn't figure out how to do it physically, so I'm going to do it through words today, and hopefully you can follow me in this, but how many of you guys are going to the beach this summer? Anybody with raise of hands? Okay, you guys, all right. Um, I'll pray for you. We'll go to the beach, but I could go to the beach and never see the water and be happy. I don't really care about getting sticky and salty and sandy and all that stuff, and then you're going to go lay on the beach, and then you're going to be like, oh, I'm sunburned. How'd that happen? I don't know, you put on lotion that makes you sunburn. It's a mystery to us all. So you're going to go to the beach and you're going to bake in the oven of the earth. You're going to go and you're going to have your towel laying on the beach and you're going to lay there with your cooler of Coca-Cola <clears throat> and, and water, right? To stay hydrated and you're going to have your cooler and you're going to have your Bluetooth speaker that has... Um, Hillsong worship on it. <laughs> Maybe a little Blake Shelton, but you know. No, you're, you're going to go and you're going to have your speaker, you're going to have your cooler, you're going to have your kids, you're going to have your toys, you're going to have all that stuff. And you're going to lay there and you're going to be mesmerized by the fact that you're sunburnt later and you're going to complain about the pain that you literally put yourself through. But when you get up off the sand, what's going to happen? When you look back at that spot that you were laying at, guess what? your body imprint is going to be there. It's going to look like you laid there. It's going to look like there was a cooler there. It's going to look like there was a Bluetooth there. It's going to look like there was a, a, um, a, a chair there. Now, get up and go to the mountains and go lay on a rock. So when you get up from the beach, from the sand, the sand, that spot looks like you. But when you go lay on a rock and you stand up from the rock, guess what? You stand up and you look and you got the indentions of the rock on your back. So one causes it to look like you. The other causes you to look like it. And so when Jesus is talking, and he's saying, don't build your foundation on the sand. In other words, don't build something so that it looks like you. Because you're not strong enough, good enough, holy enough, righteous enough. You're not any of that stuff enough. Don't build it to look like you. Build it to look like me. Build it so that your, your house literally is on a foundation that causes the house to look like I want it to look. Build it on something that's going to stand no matter what because you won't stand, but I will. And so literally building a house, building a foundation on Jesus is literally building it in a way that looks like God and not like us. 
Well, I want this and I want that. That's great. That's fine. Nobody ever said you couldn't have what you want. But I have to want what God wants more than I want what I want. That's the difference of a foundation. That's the difference of having that, that grip that when the storms come, it's not going to look like me and feel like me and, a, and all of a sudden it's going to be blown over. It looks like God. It feels like God. It's strong. And maybe, maybe, watch this, maybe you've gone through a traumatic experience that's been very difficult in your life and I want you to know your foundation is the one thing that's going to cause you to stand through that. Your foundation, nothing else. Not your opinions, not your voting, your foundation. Because it determines everything else. Let me give you this thought and I'm going to tell you a story and we're going to worship together at the end. I'm going to give you this thought. God is the only one that cares enough to always be there no matter what. God is the only one that cares enough to always be there no matter what. See, I put it in that phrasing, I put it in those words on purpose because I want us to understand that when we build our foundation of God, it doesn't matter who's, who shows up and who doesn't because God's always there. Now watch, relationships are very key and important and we're actually talking a lot about that next week. But the truth of the matter is, there has to come a point where my foundation is enough to where if nobody else shows up, I'm still going to be fine. To where if it's me and God in the middle of a jungle and that's it, I'm still okay. Because my foundation, my foundation, the very solid part of where I'm going through. I get the opportunity sometimes several times a year to fly. I enjoy flying. Some of you guys hearing the word fly freaks you out. You look at me and go, if we were intended to fly, I'd have wings. I don't, so I won't fly. A couple weeks ago, my dad came by the house, my mom and dad, and we were talking about flying. And my dad looked down at me, and he goes, you got to stop. My heart rate is getting up so high right now. It's just freaking me out. That's how many of you feel. I enjoy flying. I feel like God speaks to me when I'm flying. I feel like I see things differently, and I, I don't know. I read a lot, watch some stupid movies, pray for my life. Um, no, pray, all this stuff. But have you ever been on a plane and you feel extreme turbulence? And I always do this. I keep my window open. I get a window seat every time. I have to be able to see. Not like it's going to help anything, but if I'm going down, I want to see it happen. You know? And so I'm watching. If we go through turbulence, I'm watching that wing going, please don't snap off. That'd be really bad. But my wife and I, a few years ago, uh, we've had the opportunity to go to Israel a couple times, and we were flying over on the first time, and she had never been on a flight that long, and neither had I. It was a 12-hour flight, and um, so we're over the middle of the ocean, <laughs> and, and we start hitting some of that pretty good, that good turbulence that you like. It feels like you're on a roller coaster, except your life is at stake. <laughs> And so we're starting to hit that good turbulence. And the, you can see a little bit of a storm on the outside. And, and we're a couple rows away. Men, listen, if you ever book a long flight for your wife, uh, make sure you're sitting together. <laughs> Just learn from me. And so we're doing all this stuff, right? And some great things. Uh, and, 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 and she sits there and she comes and gets me. And she goes, Brandon, I'm half asleep, y'all. I'm like, she said, Brandon, you got to get up. And I can tell something's wrong. So I'm like, oh boy. So we walk to the back of the plane. And she says, she says, uh, I can't do this. She's having a panic attack. And I did what any loving husband would do. I looked at her with love in my eyes. 
And I said, Megan. I said, we are over the middle of an ocean right now and nobody can help you. You've got to suck it up. True story. Men don't do that either. And then I realized, you are dumb. So I, I prayed with her. And we knew somebody on the plane that gave her a whole pack of Tylenol PM and that took care of everything. <laughs> she took a couple and went to sleep. And we made it through. But you know what we didn't do, like as scary as that was? It, it was scary. It was good. It was good turbulence. But you know, you know what we didn't do? We didn't put on parachutes and jump out the plane. And I'm just here to tell you, in life, you're going to hit turbulence. And there's going to be moments where you're going to be like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Is this plane going down? Is, is this thing going to fall? Is it going to be like a, a jumbled mess? Like, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't know. And you're going to freak out. And it's going to be tough. And it's going to be difficult. But can I just encourage you? Don't jump out of the plane. Trust the pilot. Trust God. He's got your best thought in mind. I know, I know it's hard. And you're going to have to rebuild. But do you know how you rebuild? You don't rebuild from the top up. You rebuild what? Or top down. You bow, rebuild from the foundation up. Because when I get the foundation, then I can put everything else on top and know that it's going to be okay. And I just want to encourage you, too often, we jump out of the plane because it gets hard. And I'm just here to tell you, either God is who he says he is, or he's not who he says he is. And I know, I've seen so much, I've been through so much, God is exactly who he says he is. He is the one that cares for you, no matter what. He's always going to be there. He loves you. He honors you. You are his kid. He's taking care of you. Everything's going to be okay. And I need you to hear me when I say this he longs to be a foundation for you that no matter what you go through and no matter how turbulent life is you don't have to jump out of the plane he's gonna pilot you through the storm and be okay I promise and when we get to eternity and our lives on this earth are over we can get back to our intended body and our intended life with him so what I'd love to do is just pray with you today. And we're going to worship. I appreciate you sticking a couple more minutes with us. I, I just really want to end and worship today. But I just want to ask, there's some people in the room that number one, you've never given your heart to Jesus. Like fully submitted your heart to Jesus. And that's your first step to building with the foundation. I give you my life. I submit my life to you. I give you all that I have and all that I am. And that's going to be step one. And then there's others that go, hey, I'm sensing some symptoms. And it's time for me to rebuild. It's time for me to get this thing right and fix these things. And that part is okay, too. If you would, just bow your heads with me. I'd be honored to pray with you today. If you're in the room and you say, I've never given my life to Jesus, but I'd love to today, right now, in this moment, at this time, I'd love to give my life to Jesus. If that's you... Would you just hold your hand up right where you are so that I can pray with you in this room? Yeah. Now, how many of you in the room would say this? I've noticed some symptoms. I've seen some things. And I'm just ready to build my foundation the way it needs to be. The right way. I want to build it on God. And I want to be there through it all. And I want to jump out of the plane. I want to trust the pilot. And building foundation is the first way to do that. Would you throw your hand up with me because mine's up? all over this room. You're joining with hundreds in the first two services that did the same. 
I'd love to pray with you. Would you stand with me right now? Father, we honor you and we worship you. Go ahead and stand. We give you all that we have. And God, I pray that you'd help us. Help us build our foundation on you, on the rock of Jesus that never fades, never fails. God, that you'll ruin us no matter what. Let us trust you to pilot us through the storm. Be our cornerstone. And God, as we worship right now, don't let us sing. Let us lift our hands. Let us lift our hearts. And let us really engage in worshiping you.